Do you remember um, the topic of my uh, last sermon here in the church? You don't have to answer me, but just ask yourself. Do you remember? I know, I remember, at least for the last, for the last sermon. But you may have forgotten. Which is normal? Which is normal? You may have forgotten what you ate two weeks ago for breakfast or for dinner or anyway. Because we need that food again. This is why we forget what we ate two, three weeks ago. We eat our preferred food sometimes on the daily basis and it's still good for us and we need it. Now, um, I hope I don't repeat my message here, but the message that the Lord put me on my heart for you yesterday is from uh, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, and we will read the first 11 verses. And I want to share with you a message, not necessarily a sermon, not a Bible study, not a Bible school lecture. No, just a message, heart to heart, because this is why we are here. We need to hear, we need to receive a message from God. So let's read the scriptures. Mark 14. Now the Passover and the festival of the unleavened bread were only two days away. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or the people may riot. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wage and the money given to the poor and they rebuked her harshly leave her alone said Jesus why are you bothering her she has done a beautiful thing to me the poor you will have always with you and you can help them at any time you want but you will not always have me she did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money. 
So he watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Amen. We stop the reading here. I know that you know the story. I'm sure that you have heard sermons from this passage, probably quite recently. I don't want to repeat what you know, but I want to underline something we should never forget. This woman did a beautiful thing for Jesus. Some other versions say that she did a good work for Christ. And actually, yes, kalon ergon. Kalon meaning good, and ergon meaning work. She did a good work for Jesus. She anointed Jesus' head with a very expensive perfume. She did a good work. NIV, the version I read, said a beautiful work. She did something beautifully. She did a beautiful thing. But it's not a thing, it's a work. I like my own translation that says, well, it says, I tell myself, I translate for myself a beautiful work for Jesus. We are called to do some good works for our Lord, aren't we? Many of us have done, many of us are still doing, and many of us will do from now on good works for Jesus. Sometimes directly, sometimes indirectly. Because whenever we do th good works for the least, for the least, and for, for the lowest, actually, we do good works for their Lord, who is Jesus. So, what do we need to learn from this good work she did? The woman in our passage did. Well, if you read the Synoptic Gospels, even in the Gospel of John, you will see the same story from a different angle. Some may even say that the Gospel of John talks about another event. I will not go into details. I notice that Mark and Matthew, they are almost exactly uh, from the same view, they approach the event from the same view, and um, this is why I read from the Gospel of Mark, because it seems to me that it focuses exactly what we need to learn from this event. It is not much important who she was, because the focus this time is on what she did. Some people say it was Mary, the Magdalene, the Magdalene. Well, or the other Mary, Mary the sister of Martha. 
That's very possible. But again, more important than the identity of this woman was what she did to Jesus. Because this is the message for me. What do you do for the Lord? Or do you do a good work for the Lord? What is a good work? What is a good work? And we will see three things about doing a good work for Jesus. Doing a good work for Jesus. The first thing that we see is the value of the good work that we do for Jesus. Now, what this woman did, she poured some perfume on the head of Jesus, but that perfume had a value, an outward value, the cost, the market value, and that thing had also an inward value, the value that she put in doing the work. Sometimes we see just the outward value. But let me tell you, Jesus always sees not only the market value of what you do for him, but Jesus will see the value of the passion, the value of the love you put within your work for him. And we will see that very clearly here, together. So what was the market value of the perfume? It was in our money, in US dollars, probably it was roughly 40 to 50,000 dollars. Now that's a Chanel, that's a good perfume. That's a very expensive perfume. Very few can afford that very expensive perfume. And look, this woman had that great market value on her. 300 dinars. Now, a dinar was the wage for a day. Now, I don't know how much a man had to work for a dinar, but in my opinion, a woman had always to work a little bit more for the same dinar. So probably this woman had worked more than a year, two or three years, to do that little gesture for Jesus. She said, this is the purpose of my life. I want to do something special to this man. He doesn't need uh, uh, things that people think they need. But it's not that he needs the perfume. It is me. I need to pour this perfume on his head. This is my gesture. Did not, uh, this is the put up your, your thing that, first of all, I need to do. And let me tell you, make up your it is good to receive, but it is better to give. How many don't get our we need to, to have the experience of giving. It is more rewarding. You are free. You are free of your wage for more than one year. You are free for, 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 for the market value you spend on 
something you do for Jesus. And she said to herself, I need to do this. And she put a lot of value. Now, those people at the dinner, and they were reclining at the dinner. You may ask why NIV used the word reclining. Uh, in those times, the dining room was called triclinium. Triclinium. Clinium from clining. They didn't have chairs like we do. They had a sofa. You should recline on one side. And there were three tables as a triangle. Amen. And they were reclining. And now you understand that... John, the disciple, the so-called beloved disciple, he was, when he was reclining, he was probably uh, uh, by Jesus, and he was leaning his head on the chest of Jesus. Because for sure, those recliners were not too big. So sometimes they would, they would uh, have contact with the other uh, people that were reclining. So they were having dinner. They were having dinner. And uh, this woman came into the room. Um, probably people knew her. So, yeah, she was allowed to enter the room and uh, she did something nobody expected. She broke a jar of alabaster. And suddenly the room was filled with that beautiful smell. And everybody realized this is a very expensive perfume. Now, there were some people who estimated on the spot the value of the perfume. 300 shillings, says one version. Well, then a shilling may have been worth it more than today. And it depends what kind of country. But anyway, 300 dinars. The wage for one more year, for one, for one year, maybe even more. This is very expensive. This is a waste. And they were evaluating and criticizing her because to them, the good work of this woman seemed to be a waste. When you have to do something of value for Jesus, be aware that many from around of you will criticize you. They cannot understand what this means for you. They see just the value. They see the value, they see the outward value, they see the market value. And they say, oh, this value could have been used <coughs> differently. This value could have been used to be sold and the money given to the poor. But let me tell you, the very same one who was concerned for the poor, seems that he was not concerned for the poor. He was concerned for himself. That was Judah the Iscariot. He was keeping, he was the treasurer of the group of the disciples. And he was keeping the money. And he was helping himself many times.
Imagine what a loss. He could have had in, on, under his control donations of $40,000 and here wasted on the head of Jesus by this woman. They were very upset and they spoke harshly to her. It is not a coincidence that right after this event, Judah said, I lost the opportunity to control this money. Now I need some more money. And he went to sell Jesus. He went to sell Jesus that very night. He went to negotiate. How much you get me if I hand Jesus over to you? Now, do you, do you see the context? Before Mark and Matthew record the event in the house, at the, at the, in the dining room. Both evangelists, they said that the Jews have already decided how to arrest Jesus uh, in secret and how to kill him. So they already had a plan. But they needed a help and an opportunity. And the very upset Judah, this Cariot, gave, gave them the opportunity. And they were very happy, who they? The priests and the teachers of the law. They were very happy for a traitor to hand them, to, to, to hand them over Jesus for only 30 silver coins. Less than the value of the perfume. Way less. Or I may be wrong. I don't know. I'm not good in evaluating money. I'm not a banker. I'm not Judah the Iscariot. But he knew exactly the value of the waste. Those around you may see that what you do for Christ, it's a waste. I have seen. I have heard. I have been confronted with similar situations, and you will be if you have not been yet. Just try to do something of value for Christ, and you will see rumors. That's a waste. That's too expensive. He could have done, she could have done something better for a better use, for a better purpose. What better use and what better purpose except the Lord? There is no better purpose, no better use. But I didn't understand. I heard people that said, oh, Gabi Kostya, he likes to travel. Oh, he's not doing a great, joy, a, 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 great, a, a great job. He's just a traveler. He likes to travel. And uh, I called the brother, that pastor with me, and I said, do you want to travel with me, please? and stay three months in Africa? Oh, I cannot. <laughs> oh, my health doesn't allow me. I said, do you think that I'm healthier than you? But I want to do something for Jesus, so I put something at the feet of Jesus. I put my life, I put my health, I put my abilities. I don't have much money, but I put what I have. I do what I can. We will talk about doing what you can. Now, <clears throat> coming back, 
to the value of the good work for Christ. I said that there is an outward value and an inward value. Only Jesus sees the inward value. Because the inward value depends on the attitude you have when you do that work for Christ. Jesus is not impressed of the market value of the perfume. No, no, Jesus sees that this woman put even more value. Yeah, it was an expensive perfume, but she put more value in Jesus. She put more value in Jesus than she put on that jar of alabasters. What do I learn from this? I don't need a very expensive perfume. I don't need a very expensive outward or market value to do something for Jesus. I can do something good for Jesus. I can do a good work for Jesus based on my attitude and based on my passion to do something good for him because this is what gives the real value in the eyes of Jesus. And only he will evaluate the true value of my work. Now, I have to learn that I'm not supposed to criticize somebody else's work for Jesus. Never, ever. Because I don't see the heart of that worker. I don't see the heart and the attitude of that woman. Jesus realized that for that woman... The value of anointing the head of Jesus with perfume was more worthy than the wage for one year. So when you do a good work for Christ, be aware it has to be of value. Of value. The second thing, a good work for Christ... It's a good work... Based on the timing. So now we see the timing of the good work for Christ. We have seen the value or we have talked about the value. Now we are talking about the timing of the good work for Christ. It is not a coincidence that, as I already said, both Matthew and Mark placed this event in a certain timing. Few hours before the crucifixion of Jesus, there were only few hours from the most painful experience Jesus was about to go through. And nobody knew that. Nobody knew that. Those who criticized the woman didn't know that in two or three days, Jesus will die. Jesus will suffer crucifixion. The woman didn't know. She didn't. She just seized an opportunity. 
Now, from the perspective of the human, the timing of such a good work was because she just grabbed the opportunity. That's very important. When you have an opportunity, don't waste it. Because it may never come back. Now, there was no other dining event where the woman had access to repeat or to do if she had not been done already. That was her opportunity. It is so important to realize the opportunity. And I'm telling you, there are other people in the Bibles who seized the opportunity. Remember, remember Zacchaeus. It was the last opportunity for him to see Jesus passing through Jericho. And he didn't, he didn't waste the opportunity. He did something that normal people, normal grown-ups wouldn't do. He just wanted to see Jesus. That was his opportunity. And Jesus rewarded his attitude. And he said, Zacchaeus, I need to talk to you. But not here, under the tree, looking up at you. Come down, let's go in the, in the house. Now, there was, there was another man on the same time, Bartimaeus. He heard that Jesus is passing by. It was the last opportunity for Bartimaeus to, to, to shout, uh, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. It was his opportunity. Now, for this woman, it was her opportunity. So she took a decision, I have to do it now. I have to break the jar now. And once you break the jar, you have to pour the perfume. You cannot keep a perfume in a broken jar. Break the jar. Seize the opportunity. You may never have the same opportunity. Now this is from the perspective of, of the woman. From the perspective of Jesus. Only he knew that he will be crucified in a matter of hours. A couple of days. And nobody cared. It seemed that nobody cared. But this woman. Now the woman didn't know what she was doing. But for Jesus. The gesture of this woman. Had a lot of significance. This is why Jesus defended the woman. And said Let, leave her alone. Don't trouble the woman. She did a good thing for me. Not for you. Not for the poor. The poor are always here. I am not. This is the timing when I'm here and she does something for me. Let her do something for me. And because she is doing for me something for my burial. Did the disciples care? Did they catch the importance of this good work for Jesus? No. They didn't catch. They didn't catch that Jesus will be buried in a few days. And there will be no time for all the procedures, you know. I don't know if this woman was among the other women that went early in the morning to do some more anointing on the body of Jesus. But she did do the anointing before the death of Jesus. It's like going to your mother's tomb 
with flowers after she died. You better give her some flower before she dies. Because after that, it's too late. She will not smell the flower. She will not rejoice. She will not smile seeing those flowers. And for Jesus, because he was a human like us, emotional being, for Jesus, the gesture of this woman meant a lot. And when Jesus defended the woman from uh, her critics, Jesus said, you don't know what she did. You don't know, you don't understand what she just did. Now, there are things that we do for other people, but we don't know what they mean for those people in that very timing. We don't know. Let me tell you a story. Here I am fundraising in Seattle, Tacoma area and teaching Ecclesia. So I go in the church in Tacoma and here comes the, you know, the plate, the donation plate. We have, they used to have a plate, an open plate. So you have to put money on that open plate and everybody see what you put. Uh, I don't agree with that method, but this is how they decided. So open plate, everybody sees what you put. If you don't want to be seen what you put, you put in an envelope. But if you want to be seen and maybe rewarded right away, uh, don't use the envelope, whatever. I don't know the reason why they decided to go with an open plate for the love offering, but here I am, I'm prepared. I mean, I didn't have change because this is how we prepare to give to the Lord. We need to be sure we have that uh, 50 that 50 shilling banknote right and if um, if you don't have it we are not prepared we have only the 1000 we may not be as prepared as we, if we had only the 100 uh, shilling banknote but anyway i was not prepared so i didn't have a small change on my wallet okay here comes that old man and waits for me to pull out my wallet and they look <laughs> there is no money in the wallet but i knew that i had 200 dollars hidden somewhere you know behind the id so now uh, everybody's looking at me uh, the plate is uh, you know waiting shaking and i my hands cannot pull out the wallet and then you know I, I couldn't find anything I forgot that I was broke anyway that's not something new for me so I, I oh I have the 200 and I take one and I put it on the plate it was the only $100 bill on the plate that morning anyway and I said oh Jesus uh, forgive me because I didn't want to give this to you. I was enforced by the circumstances. 
I was enforced by the circumstances. Now, I said, but now, I, now it's done, it's over. But I don't expect any reward from you in heaven for this because I, <laughs> I didn't want it. <laughs> like that little, like, like little boy, you remember? <laughs> you tell them the story one day, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it happened right here. A little boy was sent to put money over there in the box and he wasn't happy. But his mother pushed him and he eventually threw the money in the bucket. <laughs> so that was me this time. And I said to myself, okay, I should be prepared for the evening service. And I went to another church on the evening and I forgot to change the other hundred dollar. So what happened? Now this time they didn't have an open plate, but this time it was easier for me to give the other hundred dollar. And I gave the other hundred dollar, but this time it was easier. No, because I, I was broke after that anyway. And I had to, you know, wait for my next check about a week. Um, I didn't have credit cards at the time. When you're broke, you have no credit cards as well. Okay, no money for a week. I will not die. Okay. Now, here comes the timing of what somebody else has done for the Lord through helping me. Before I left for the plane, to catch the plane, a night plane, we had enough time to stop by a restaurant and have a dinner. And somebody that I never knew, and I still don't know who that brother was, it was a large church, happened to stay across me, across the table. And he said, Brother Gabi, the Lord is telling me over and over, give Brother Gabi $200 because he needs Now, guess what? I was ashamed. And of course, I had to accept because he said, please don't, 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 don't say no because the Lord told me that you need them. It was like the Lord said, Gabby, can I hold this $200 till dinner time? I'm going to give it back to you. Now, for me, the timing of that $200 had an enormous value. I will never ever forget it. I received less or more some other times, but they will never have any other donation, may never and probably will never have the same value for me as those $200 that I got back from the Lord that very day. It is the timing. You don't know. What value has your work, your good work for Christ, based on the timing of giving? If you give somebody food when he's not hungry, there is no value in that timing. And Jesus is very specific of, of when, when he talks about timing. He says, come and inherit the kingdom because... Because uh, you, you, you fed me when I was hungry. You clothed me when I was naked. 
You came to see me when I was in prison and when I was sick. Do you see something? The value of that good work is probably multiplied by the timing. When have we done this? In the right timing. And the right timing is when somebody is sick, go and see him. When somebody is hungry, go and feed him. When somebody is naked, go and clothe him. That's very important, the timing. Now, this woman didn't know what value had that timing of the good work for Jesus. But Jesus appreciated and said, she did this for my burial. And Jesus also said, she did what she could. Now, the question for me, do I do what I can? Do we do what we could? Because the Lord is expecting for us to do what we could. I have another great story. I was in a boarding school, high school. My father used to come every Sunday evening to see me, Sunday afternoon to see me. He was a truck driver. He transported explosives, TNT, every week, like going from here to Mombasa, twice, for five tons of TNT. <laughs> Many times when he came home, when, 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 when he was coming home, he was pale pale yellow and pale and i said what was wrong and he said don't ask me you don't know what it means to drive a truck with five tons of explosives what stress it is on you every break every hole every 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 incident could trigger the unexpected so he had a tough job and um, in his uh, days of rest he would come and see me in the boarding school after church and uh, he would give me some money and one day he gave me only some change mm, like like 500 shillings worth now but in small coins so it's when you have no more options you just find the coins, the coins in, on, on the couch or under the bed or on, on the seat, whatever, on the car seat. And uh, he gave me change. Okay, and uh, he said, now I go to take the bus. But to reach the bus station, he had to take a city tram. The ticket for a city tram, uh, you know what a city train is? Tram, we say tramvai, tram. You know, electric car on, a, it's like a little train. It's a city car, okay. And the ticket was insignificant of value. Maybe five shillings or even less in, in your money here. And uh, he insisted, he said, don't wait, uh, you can go back to school. 
I'll wait for the for the for the city tram. Okay. And now uh, I pretended I go back to the school. And I went one station up. And I wanted to surprise my father, so I uh, I took the next uh, tram that came, but from the next station up, and I wanted to surprise him to see him again in the in the tram. But he was not in the tram station. Do you know why? And after I passed the station where I departed my father, I saw my father walking to the bus station. And then I realized that he gave me everything he had in his pockets. I'm telling you, it wasn't much, but it was everything he had. Now, this is very emotional. Yes, this is. Because this is how the Lord is looking at what we do for him. Jesus was looking as many people threw from their surplus the money that they actually didn't need. But you know that the two coins of the widow meant more than everybody else's big money donations because she did what she could. She did what she could. Now, I, I heard the story. I didn't read it. I heard the story from Korea about uh, uh, David uh, Yangicho, formerly Paul Yangicho. Yeah, formerly Paul Yangicho. Because in Korea now they change names after certain, you know, spiritual stages. But it's not about the spiritual stage. It's about an old woman that she gave what she could to the church. The church was in great need. They were building the big, uh, the big cathedral. And uh, they needed to uh, put the roof. So they were in a crisis. And... Um, <clears throat> The Holy Spirit told uh, Paul Yangicho, I will take care and I will send to you somebody to give a large donation. And he was waiting for somebody with a large donation. But it was a poor widow that brought a bowl, an empty bowl, and two Chinese sticks. And that old lady said, the Holy Spirit sent me to talk to you and give this to you to solve your problem. And Paul looked at that bowl and at those two sticks and thought, <laughs> this is not much. But the lady said, do you know why I'm doing this? Because 
this is what I have, this is what I can do, and I very well can live without the use of this ball. And the Holy Spirit told me that there are many things that people can live without. And then Paul, young understood. And everybody in the church understood that they were spending too much on things that they don't really need. So if, if, you, if you bring to, to the church only the things that you don't need, only the value of the things that you actually don't, don't need, the need of the church is covered. And it was fully covered in, because the Holy Spirit moved the entire church and they all realized how much they were spending on things that they can live without. Now, I'm getting close to the end of this message. I know I couldn't convince you much, but I think something, I think we learned something at least. So we talked about the value of the good work for Christ. We talked about the timing, which is very important. And now we should talk about the memory of a good work for Christ. We have so many memories. Do you? I hope you do. I have my own memories. And I would not trade my memories with yours. No. I cannot. And I would not even if I could. I would not trade my experiences with yours. I would not trade my trials with yours. Because these are my experiences with my Lord. It was between me and the Lord. Now, the Lord explained the other disciples these words. He said, the Lord said, what she did was a good work for me and it will never be forgotten. It is to be recorded for eternity and it will never be forgotten. More than that, Everybody in my kingdom will learn about what she did. And here we are, 2,000 years after this event, talking about what a common lady did for Christ. Let me tell you something. One day we will be just memories. Just memories. And people will forget us. Like we never were. But there is somebody who doesn't forget what we do for him. There is one and that one is our Lord Jesus who knows to keep the records and reward every single good work we have done for him. I stop my message here. But I pray that the Holy Spirit will continue to teach you how to do 
a good work for Christ. How to do the good works for Christ. Very, uh, I would call it simple uh, message, but very profound coming to us. And it's quite a challenge. And he said he is going to give us a message. And actually, he has given us a me message. You've spoken to my heart question that we need to ask ourselves are we doing good works for Jesus are we doing what we could or what we can I think that's a challenge the two examples I'll never forget I've actually wrote them down his father giving him church and trying to encourage him to go away because the father never wanted him to know that he doesn't have any money that he has to walk the bus station. But God wanted him to see, to know. So he went and decided to go and surprise his father, but he's the one who was surprised. But he cannot forget that. Maybe in his heart, he didn't tell us, maybe he had felt like, why is he giving me change? That's the love of a father, isn't it? The other example of that is that's the love of a father, that a father will give you everything he has and he's left without. And that's what our father in heaven did. He had only one son and he gave him and he was left without none. You're getting the point here. This is the kind of love that God loves us with. If you understand that kind of love, that he can deny himself what he has so that he can satisfy you, then you would love him forever. And whenever you get an opportunity to do some good works for Jesus, please do it. I like it. Then the timings. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. You've really taught me something. I can assure you I'll preach this when you are gone. Eh? I'll repeat it with them. Amen. Because it's, it's a good message, isn't it? The timings is also key. And many times we miss it here. Because we say it's not now. I only have $200. I've done the same again sometimes also. I realized, now what do I do? I didn't change this money. It's only 1000 The basket has come. And you are debating, do I give it, do I not? And I can tell you, many times when I have done obeyed, God surprises me. Amen? You cannot outgive God. I know we are going through a, a period of, 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 of what, let me call it luck. Things are not working right. But if God gives you an opportunity to do something, do not hesitate to do it. Amen? God cannot say, are you a fool? How could you have given everything that you have? No, 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 no. He doesn't operate like that. When we give, and we give out of our heart, 
and for love for him and his work, he said he is not unjust. I've never seen anyone who has gotten broke by giving to God's work. I've never known. I've never had someone who gave a testimony that I went to that church, I gave all that I have, now I am the poorest person in this city for giving to the work of God. Never. I've never had anything like that. So please, I'm encouraging you, give. Give, give, give. We are not uh, using the baskets, but some of us are taking it week. And I want to tell you the truth. Let me be honest with you. The givings in this church has gone almost to nothing. Because you people you are not giving, yet we have bills to pay. Why? Because nobody, probably some of you are saying, but nobody is seeing whether I give or not. And especially now when you have to give to the pay bill. Yeah? But our Father in heaven sees, and he knows that you have a need. But don't forget that he too has needs, isn't it? This work has to continue. This hall has to be paid. We have missions to, to undertake. If you don't give, how shall we be able to continue? So thank you. Not that I, I never told him to what to preach, but I said, wow, he's challenging us. He's actually speaking to us, to our hearts, because we needed to hear that there is value in what we give. Again, isn't it? And the timing is key. And the last one that is very important to remember, you know, God never forgets. There is memory of those good works. We may not even tell you. We may not even know what you have done. But in heaven, God is aware of what you have done. And sometimes he decides to keep the memory only to you, to keep reminding you. We may never know how much you gave, but God keeps reminding you, but you gave. And, and how he, does he remind you? He comes through and surprises you with what you are not expecting, just because of that one deed that you did at the right time. May the Lord bless you, good people. Amen? You are wonderful and great, but remember the message for today. Let's not forget. The other one we forgot. Yeah? It was running to... It was run to win. The other message. You can go and check it. I think it is, it is recorded. Yeah? It was the, that was the, the other message, but 